We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When World of Warcraft was first created, the developers decided to put a fatigue system in the game that would discourage you from playing the game by giving you an XP modifier if you played past a healthy amount of time. Players hated this and felt like Blizzard were controlling them and punishing them for doing the game wrong, and they hated it so much, and so in the next patch, Blizzard announced a new system called the Rested Experience Bonus. As you play the game, you'll gain experience and a rested exp- Yeah, we'll get this right. Hello, by the way. Hope you're doing well. I, I don't really do the chat because it's because it's a podcast, but I, I appreciate your existence here. Um, <laughs> it is fun to like have this like these attempts go live in that fun way, right? I think it's fun. Okay, I got this. Oftentimes it can seem like we have a very objective view on reality, but... When Blizzard first launched World of Warcraft, they decided that they wanted players to not play the game for too long and hurt themselves, so they add a... When World of Warcraft was first launched, the developers decided they didn't want players harming themselves by playing for too long, so if you played for too long, you would get a XP debuff when you harmed enemies. You know, we can we can just... Wording this is hard. When World of Warcraft was first developed, the... De- when World of Warcraft was first released, the developers decided they wanted to have a system to discourage you from harming yourself by playing it too often. This was called the Fatigue System, and the amount of experience you got for every single kill would slowly dip if you played the game for too long. It was about a 50% drop, and players hated this system. Players complained so much about how Blizzard was telling them how to play their game, and it was one of the most despised systems, and so they removed it. However, later on, Blizzard introduced the exact same system, but in... Can't say it that way. I got this. I got this. Here's... 
When World of Warcraft was first launched, Blizzard, the developers, decided to add a system to discourage you from playing too long in a row. This was called the fatigue system, and every time you got experience for, say, killing an enemy, that experience would be reduced if you'd been playing for too long in one session. This was to encourage you to take breaks, but players hated it so much. Players complained and complained, and eventually the developers listened, and they removed it from the game. However, later, World of Warcraft got the rested system. This meant that if you had taken regular breaks, you'd get a double experience, you know, 100% experience buff that meant that you would be earning XP so much faster than those who weren't well rested. This is a system that players loved. They felt like they were being rewarded for taking those breaks, even though it was the exact same system with different labels on it. The fact that this worked proves that in gaming, perception is sort of our reality. Gaming is a very serious field in some ways, but in other ways, it is a way to be entertained. And so if we take Minecraft in particular, you can see that this perception really has shaped our reality. This is deep in the mind, by the way, and this particular episode, I'm going to be talking about the editor mode controversy and the way that Minecraft as a very form of existence has changed. But I'm also going to be talking uh, very much specifically about the perception of 1.20 and how it has been so much better than the update before. Minecraft 1.9 and Minecraft 1.20, we've gone through it m many times, have similar amounts of features. And honestly, you could argue that the Warden is more exciting than a, a cherry forest. But most people prefer 1.20, myself included. I am very very hyped for it, uh, and it has a lot of features that are being revealed to us in a much more interesting way. This perception of the update has led to players overwhelmingly saying this is one of the best updates we've seen in a very long time. The excitement for 1.20 is real in a way that it wasn't for, uh, you know, 1.19. And what exactly is the cause of that? Let's dive into it a little bit today, because I think that, uh, you know, like Minecraft is in a very exciting place right now, but perception shaping reality seems like an insane thing to say. Like, that story seems like it might be a tale and you know like although that is a truth uh that you know saying that 1.19 is actually the same size as 1.20 might be the contentious part you might actually say no no toycat you got this wrong the reason we like the uh tales and trails update is because it's a better update filled with better features i want to trim my armor and i don't want to find some frogs in a swamp statistically speaking you don't um and uh you know that is probably true but that might be reverse reasoning that might be you arguing the wrong way around about it and let me uh give you my biggest argument about why. Uh, you know, like, uh, let's give you a little tale from my personal life for this. So, uh, recently I asked my, I, I told my housemate, uh, that I would like her to leave. I've got a lodger, uh, right now, and I said, yeah, just uh, so you know, like, at some point, uh, this summer, I do intend, uh, I'd like it if you were gone. And, and so I decided to do this, however, on a day, uh, where maybe, uh, you know, the person hadn't been eating. Maybe, uh, you know, there's some fun, uh, whole tale about that, like, uh, on a fruit-only diet. But if you haven't eaten for a whole day and you hear some bad news, maybe that gives you a really bad reaction. You know, uh, whenever people tell you bad news, they deliberately wait until it's a good time, right? It's a thing people do in society, and we wouldn't need to do that if perception and reality were the same thing. If your emotions didn't affect how you felt about things, if your uh, current state of being didn't affect that, then I could tell you bad news right now. Oh, your grandma's dead? That's great, but could you give me the money you owe me? You know, you could, uh, stuff like that would be more socially acceptable, but it's not. I can't tell you that we're all gonna die someday. I mean, I, you have to buy my merch for that, apparently, but uh, I can't tell you we're all gonna die someday if you've just gone through something traumatic, even though maybe that's an important truth. You know, it's a real thing that's happening. And so, uh, in that exact same way, uh, Minecraft 1.20 uh, could be the best update in the world, but if they get the marketing wrong, people are going to hate it. And so the interesting question here is, should 
uh, you know, like, uh, you know, should game studios as a whole, but should Mojang in particular really be caring that much about how people perceive their updates? Should Mojang focus all their time on just making the very best thing possible, or should they be focusing on how people see it? Because I think a really interesting truth when you look at the Mojang Studios games are that some of the best work they do goes into the spin-off games. There were so many cool features in Minecraft Earth. You know, look at the number of mobs they had by comparison. Um, there were so many cool features in Minecraft Dungeons, and I'm sure Minecraft Minecraft Legends is the most technically impressive product they've put together so far, but yet if people are not excited for that, what does it matter? You can make the best thing in the world, but if no one sees it, then have you made something great? You know, if, uh, what is the sound of one hand clapping is a really silly question, but like, you know, uh, it might be the best sound in the world, but if there's no way to actually clap with one hand, then what does it even matter? And in the same way, I think that Minecraft, uh, really needs to work out that, yes, every one of these updates has one goal, uh, you know, like, there are a few goals as well, like technical speaking, but the one goal behind every update is to get people excited in and playing Minecraft. Minecraft is a game that, honestly, they could just give up on it, that Mojang could vanish from the earth, Thanos snap out of the world tomorrow, and we would still keep playing Minecraft, probably for decades, but I think there would be a wane in interest. We've seen the trend in modern games that keeps them fresh and exciting is regular content, and so having regular content for a game makes it do better than when it doesn't. I'm sure that Minecraft has the player numbers to back up, that every time an update comes out, the player numbers spike a little bit after and before uh, because people are excited for the brand new content. It's a natural thing about humans. We are attracted to new and shiny and we're unattracted to old and not shiny, I guess. I mean, uh, wouldn't you love to... I, I want to show you something new and shiny now. Like, ooh, you want to you wanna see my phone again? I, I feel like it's come up on too many podcasts, but uh, we, we absolutely love brand new things that feel exciting and new and we're a little bit less impressed by things we already have, even though the things we already have might be the best. You know, so here, as, a, as a dumb example, if you think about, like, washing machines, right? Like, what can they really do that's new and exciting? There's not much going on with washing machines, uh, but yet, like, I, I bet actually, uh, you know, but they, 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 they're such a useful feature because, uh, such a useful thing to have, because have you tried washing your clothes without a washing machine? Really sucks. Same with, like, a dryer. Same with, like, a fridge. What can a fridge do better than keep my stuff cold besides have fun little, you know, gimmicks? Nothing is going to be as useful as the base idea of it is a, it's a fridge that stays cold, uh, it's a thing that keeps your ingredients cold, and nothing about Minecraft will be as good as the fact that it's a sandbox game where you can explore and do anything you like. Uh, it is a game where you are free and you are open to, um, you're able to explore an entire world um, and uh, you're able to shape that world exactly how you'd like. I've said it before and I really will say it again. I would be happy to play Minecraft in its current iteration. I'd be happy if I was on a desert island to have Minecraft 1.0 or something. I could spend so long in the gameplay loop of trying to improve and do better. And uh, yeah, the fact that new stuff comes every year is just a bonus. But ultimately, making new things and, and you know, having that goal is something Mojang needs to do. They need to have new players coming in because even if their most hardcore fans would keep playing Playing year after year after year with no update, having updates that uh, you know, having an update every year, having more than that every year is a good thing, and that is why we've seen the recent shift that has really, uh, you know, I would say nailed down this idea of perception beats reality because they're probably doing the same amount of development work as they have in previous years. If anything is to be believed, it could be there's a little less happening because Minecraft Legends is taking up so much of their time as a studio. And so, despite the fact that Mojang is spending all this time working on a new game, and 
you know, they're spending the same amount or less time working on the update, we're getting this really great reaction as a community. One, because we're getting these bug fix updates. I mean, 1.19.2 or what, uh, 3 uh, brought in the, the mop heads on the blocks and 1.19.4 is coming out. So you're getting these little sub-updates. But then also the big updates, the once a year updates, they're getting teased in better segments. Instead of learning all at once, we're getting little tiny bits here and there. And I think this is making people far more excited because each of these little segments that we got revealed for 1.20 would be exciting content all by itself, right? I think it would be so exciting for most people um, to just learn that there was an update where there's armor trims. If 1.19.5 came out in two weeks and it was just the new armor trims, you'd be like, heck yeah, let's go around the world. Let's go find all these chests and stuff. I think the early days of Minecraft Console Edition proved this best because the Console Edition used to do an update every single three or four months. They At some point, they got a little bit faster than that, but that was the content system they were working around and even though some of those updates were small, the fact that you could have an update and you knew there would be something coming was enough for a lot of people. Oh, there's a bunch of new doors. I'll play around with doors this update. I think there is a natural cycle of content that people want. And even though you could hypothetically take this, you know, if um, theoretically, if Mojang hadn't released an update in the last five for three years, let's say, um, then instead of right now us getting just 1.20, we could have Caves and Cliffs Part 1, Caves and Cliffs Part 2, we'd have uh, 1.19, the wild update, if you will, and we'd have Tales and Trails all as part of the same content bundle, and they would actually be able to do more work, because one of the big um, throughput limitations of Minecraft updates is they spend the last three months or so of the development cycle just working on fixing bugs. They've said already that there are no more major features they're allowed to add to the game. If they have a great idea that they need to add, they're going to put it in 1.21 because it takes them months to fix bugs and ultimately this is how big game development studios work it's not a mojang or minecraft specific issue fixing bugs just takes a lot more time than adding new features and um the interesting thing about that is it means that, uh, you know, the the, the the weird result of that is it means that they could have had a much bigger update than the last four if they'd released it all now. But on a hype cycle level, I mean, like, all of that content, how would you ever possibly explore it? You'd be like, okay, do I want to go explore the new caves? Do I want to go to the new cliffs? Do I want to go to this new mangrove biome? Do I want to go fight the warden and get his new loot? Also, I hear there's, uh, like, four free types of wood and a new ore. And, like, how do I play around all of that at the same time? Ultimately, you would just let some features slip. If all of that came out, you know, in the same way when you first got into Minecraft, you didn't immediately play with every feature in the game. There was enough depth in the game that it was, I think it must have been a year till I crafted my first glass in Minecraft. I think um, the, the, you know, like uh, when it comes to like um, dispensers or uh, droppers, I think um, the observer block was one that I really didn't use that much when it first came out. It was a lot later that I got into Redstone. Uh, that is true for a lot of people. There are entire systems all over the game that people are just like, yeah, it's not really what, I just haven't really got into that yet. And so when you overload people with content, they just ignore some of it. If three years worth of Minecraft updates came out right now, even though you'd get a bigger update, more content as a whole, the perception of it would be different. And as we all know, perception is reality. Or if you want to word it this way to describe, you know, the the the, the eviction situation in my personal life or... Um, I don't know, like, uh, when, I, when, I'm, when I'm hungry, I'm more irritable, and if you give me bad news, it's going to hurt less. Uh, it's true for me too, right? Uh, if you want to, uh, you know, like, accept that that is the case, uh, that is, feelings are reelings. Your feel, you know, like, even though I, I, I would describe myself as a super scientifically minded person, or at least I try to be, like, a lot of people use um, their feelings to justify their opinions on how the world as a whole should be run, and I think that's a 
bit of a wild one personally maybe maybe just me um but uh you know like they'll make they'll try and make huge sweeping changes to the systems we all live under because it feels bad uh under the current one in some small way you know like oh i saw you know like i saw something that made me feel bad and i like to not feel bad so what if we just you know upended the entire thing our entire world is based on that feels kind of strange right i think we should if we're trying to make the world a better place we should look at what actually makes the world better what actually makes the world worse try and use some measuring data and blah 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 blah, blah, blah. you get the point right that's my that's my default go-to position however Despite that, you have to admit sometimes you just have feelings about things. You, you, uh, you know. So there are some. There are going to be sometimes, whether you know it or not, uh, where you just something isn't quite right. So as a fun example, you know, uh, do you know uh, the, the? You see the screen we're using for this podcast, isn't it fun? Uh, we recently just redid this. Uh, I got Harrison. Uh, Harrison was very kind, and he just redid it. So now we got like a separate frame to a separate background to a separate all this. And now instead of this being semi-transparent, it looks fully opaque. It was theoretic. It was much more. Fancy and complex before. Oh, I think I went a little bit too far now. Um, it was fancier and it was complex before with the little semi-transparency, but it's much nicer to me when it's matte. And you know, if it's my feelings and if it's going to be like bothering me the entire time, maybe it's better to fix it that way. Ooh, isn't it much better now? Do you like? Do you like the logo? You like? You like the show? Let me know uh, because this is our lovely opportunity to do an ad break and say. Uh, this video is sponsored by ibxtoycat.store. Do you want to get some great IBX Toycat merch? And by that, I mean realistically, you want to get one of these bugs that tells us that we're all going to die someday. I think that, uh, you know, like a, a lot of people have got their hands on one of these already. They are still available. You can still get them, thankfully. And uh, honestly, it's such a great deal. But for this price, you don't just get one mug. You get two mugs. IBXToyCat.store would recommend you go at least check it out. Like, uh, go peek at my store. It took me a little bit. It's been a while since I've had a merch store. And that was the one that we have right now. Also, speaking of things we have right now, I do have to say... Um, just to finish out my previous point before we move on to editor mode, um, I think that the perception meekling reality is a really weird thing because it doesn't sound like it should be true, but when you realize that all humans have a... a ra I would describe all humans as having a rational brain, a scientific thinking brain like, oh, I am hungry, I should eat food, and every human also has a emotional brain, which is, I am hungry, who is depriving me of food, I am angry at them. Uh, <laughs> you know, or, um, you know, angry, angry is a classic example, but I mean, we've also got the same thing of like, okay, if you see a homeless person and you, it makes you feel bad because you would like not to be homeless or you feel bad that anyone is in that situation, um, then, you know, your two options are you can, uh, like you can do the rational thing and you can donate to a homeless charity that actually is going to make a huge difference on the ground. Or you can, you know, like, instead pull that money out in cash, get that feeling in the moment of, like, I am helping someone. You don't know if you're helping, you know, like, uh, it, um, maybe this is a cynical example because I live in a city of, like, beggar gangs, uh, basically. But, like, you know, like, uh, maybe, you know, you don't know uh, if that money is going to the right people. You don't know uh, what's going to happen with it. It might, it, you might be literally killing someone if you give them the money they use to to buy something to harm themselves, right? It, I mean, in theory, that could happen at a store, too. Like, when you go to McDonald's, by buying a burger, if they pay the cashier and the cashier, you know, uses that money to buy alcohol or cigarettes, he harms himself. But you, you get the idea that, like, your your feelings can do the exact opposite of what you want. But if you feel good, is that... It seems silly to say it doesn't matter. But ultimately, in a way, it sort of doesn't sometimes. And that is the weird truth of the world we live in. Feelings are feelings, Perception is reality. And at the very least, even if you are someone who 
again, would like to see the world as objectively as you can, would like to try and measure things and actually look at things that way. Even in that case, it's still worth saying one of the measurable variables are your feelings and the feelings of everyone else. One of the measurable variables for Blizzard was this idea that players would rather get a bonus. You know, we we respond much better to getting a bonus for doing something good than for being punished for doing something bad. When, um, you know, that's why you've got to be like, oh, yeah, well, um, it, instead of uh, subscribing... Uh, you know, imagine imagine how awful you'd be at uh, sound if a YouTuber's like, yeah, if you subscribe to my channel, then I won't, you know, like, if, if I get 500 subs today, I'm not going to, uh, I don't know, like, uh, go harm myself. You'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Whereas, you know, if we get 500 subscribers today, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy myself, I'm sorry, I shook my camera, but I didn't, <laughs> should have realized that would happen. There's like a bug on my screen. Um, if I, if I get 500 subscribers today, it's going to be a real great day, and I'm going to give away some gift cards. That could be true. Do you want to subscribe and find out? But um, no, the second thing I want to talk about, the biggest piece of news this week, has to be editor mode. And this is a really interesting, controversial one because a lot of Java players, um, you know, like are excited about the idea, learn it's not for Java, and then walk out and say, ah, this is nothing. And I think that's disappointing. I think editor mode, uh, the Minecraft editor, uh, Minecraft bedrock editor is the official term, is one of those revolutionary ideas that is going to change Minecraft so much more than we think. And I think this is, um, I would describe this as being like the chat GPT of the Minecraft world. Or, you know, if we're trying to go back a few more revolutions, like the internet. Um, if you think about a competent person, a not competent person, someone who is really good at internal brain logic can code using a PC, or you know, if you just have Microsoft Office and emails, you can get so much more done with a computer than you can without. It's a multiplier effect, though. People who are good with computers can do a thousand times more than people who are bad with computers, uh, even though in the real world, writing on pen and paper, they might have similar skill levels. And so um, the same thing is true for basically every every revolution we have. Like, okay, the, um, the even if you go back to before that, like the, the industrial revolution meant that, you know, like being slightly wealthy could get you, you know, having the right um, you know, mind for business or, you know, having the right uh, other connections, you could say, could lead you into a much bigger position than ever before. The wealthiest people to ever live um, are not alive right now. They were alive during the early days of the Industrial Revolution. Uh, I want to say the Standard Oil guy, John Rockefeller, one of the wealthiest people in history, to this day, wealthier than the you know, wealthiest people on the planet. Uh, and that's a crazy fact, right? But um, this multiplier effect is what Minecraft's editor mode is going to do for the game. I think that editor mode will allow people who have a big creative vision to not require a whole team of people because instead if you can just work out how to use free tools really, I'd say it's, I would say it's like free, free major tools right now. Selection and filling, uh, paint brushing and copy pasting. If you can use those free tools to effectively make something easier, you know, like make something better and bigger and easier than before, you can you can really reap the rewards. The, uh, the you know, the, it's it's really hard to even explain how you would do this. But as an example, if you want to make a tunnel through a cave, if you just know how to perfectly artistically do that, you can make a beautiful looking tunnel through a cave that would have taken hours to do by hand. You can do it in seconds. You can make anything that would take absolute, you know, ridiculous amounts of time before, you can do it in so much less now, and that is a fun example of this multiplier effect. I think we are living through um, what might be an era where Minecraft map makers can get significantly better at their craft, and that is a good thing, right? There's a... You can make an interesting argument that 
Um, but uh, yeah, there is an interesting argument to this that like when this happens, when technology comes out, it does tend to be that fewer people are good with the technology than they are before. If you think about ChatGPT, all I've used it for is to ask dumb questions and have funny responses or whatever else. But some people can use ChatGPT to be like, oh yeah, or you know, like a, a, a chat program. I, I think Bing has one now. But the you know these chat AIs, you can use them to write your emails, but formal. You can use them to fake research papers, and you know there there are a bunch of uh, students in some form of school right now who are uh, you know they're they're having papers written for them, saving themselves so much time, or maybe you could say cheating their way for so much time, depending on your feelings on that. It's a real big struggle, right? I'm gonna take a drink real quick. I got one of these silly large water bottles. Just because I hate refilling water. I mean, when it, when you get to the bottom, you have to go to a tap. And if you live on, say, the third floor, and if you live in an attic like I do, um, <laughs> going three floors down just to get water, it's a big ask. I can get water up here, but then that's the same problem. I have to get, like, a pipe in the wall. Anyway, speaking of um, the uh, people who cheat on papers don't understand the point of papers. See, I, I'm going to make the point, though, that people who cheat on papers... Do know the like I you know I'm I'm gonna make I, I I've got a controversial take that like the whole point so there's there's two ways you can look at schooling right um, one is that you can see it as a test of your skills but I would say the school world is kind of like the pre world to the work world right like it's trying to teach you about how work works there are all these problems you have to solve and you have to learn how to do them etc cetera, etc cetera. I'd say work tends to be a bit more solutions oriented like. We don't care how good the solution is or how correct the solution is. Get it done is the important thing in a business sense. Whereas in the academic sense, it's a bit different in that way. Um, but I think on the on cheating on papers, it's a good example of like, well, you are proving you have the ability to get a paper to the person to grade. Um, you know, in the same way, like I think cheating on a test as an example is a bad example because it's a bad thing because you know the test is meant to be a measurement of your knowledge that you have. But a paper is meant to be like a manual, a task of labor, right? They're not asking you your knowledge or they'd ask you questions. You know, that's the that's the higher effort way. They're asking you to present some great point. And if you can present, if you can present a document that looks like you've made a point and satisfyingly does that job, then does it matter how you did it? In the same way, I wouldn't say it's cheating to type it up rather than using pen and paper. Pen and paper is harder and is what some people prefer, a lot of people, but typing it up on a PC is easier for you. It allows you to change the formatting. Uh, it gives you so many extra tools, right? If you want to copy paste something, you have all of these extra tools that you are now having at your disposal. And that's where I think editor mode comes in. It feels like cheating because you can do what you used to be able to do. And now you can do all sorts of other stuff that make it easier, that make it feel a bit cheatier, um, that make it um, you know, just a little bit, uh, less legit. I used to feel like, uh, you know, maybe I, I used to be a little bit of an elitist in the way of like, when, pe you know, when, when players, um, were building on any version besides console, you didn't know how impressive what they were building was because they weren't building it by hand. They were building it in some other, uh, means and they could be using a tool to make the job so much easier. And even though that's a dumb elitist attitude, like build the best thing you have the ability to make is my is my real opinion. I think there's a much more interesting thing in there that like even there is a resistance to new technology. There's a resistance to anything that's new. And I think that's where I see a lot of people at right now. But while people are having their resistance and their moral like, oh, 
I will not use this because I am above that. I am so good. Some of the people who are above it and so good are going to make amazing things without using the tools because you don't need good tools. You know, like, I don't know, like, you don't need good tools to be a good carpenter. You don't, something like that. But, uh, you know, I, I do think that's also true. But I also would say um, that uh, I, you know, I, I would also make an argument that there are going to be lots of people who just use it, make amazing things, and you're never going to think about the fact that they use editor mode. It just saved them a lot of time. Uh, and if you can do the same amount of work in half the time, then in the same amount of time, you can do double the work. You can make double the amazing world, or you can make double as many worlds. Or you can make the same number of worlds and then, I don't know, take a... Sit, sit down and start talking about editor mode instead. But the, the 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 new world of options is an incredible one and an exciting one. And so, yeah, I, I'm excited to do some weird stuff with it. I, I don't know precisely where it will take me yet. Um, it's, you know, again, it's, an, it's a tool. It's a, it's a thing you can use for all sorts of stuff. I think you could even, like, you know, let's... You want to want to take this into another level? What about, like, um... If you think about war, right, like, um... So there are, there are some countries to this day, it's very rare, but some countries still will say, we do not use ranged weaponry, we're gonna stick to melee's <laughs> weapons only. Uh, or even, you know, like, we have nuclear weapons, right? But we're like, ooh, nukes are kind of cheating. And so, mutually assured destruction means no one's used a nuclear weapon in uh, 80 years now. And so, you know, hopefully, at time of recording, that's true. Let's hope that's still true as you listen to this. But, um... You know, we say something is too powerful, too good, and we lock it off. This is a real thing we do and we need to do as a species, as a civilization. But at the same time, um, you know, even though this is true, even though that is a, a, is a thing we have to do at some point, uh, sometimes technology uh, and, and allowing it to run wild is what makes some of the best things we've ever done. If you think about the early days of the internet, when there were basically no rules about what you could do, things went faster. You, um, the, oh, the old social media rules were like, do whatever you want, man. I'm not going to stop that. But then we had to work out like, oh, now it's mass market. We have to prevent children from being abused or, you know, like, uh, manipulated. We have to present, uh, like, like, you know, if, can you allow f false news to stay up? In theory, the people should stop the fake, fake news. Um, you know, like, this is a thing that Twitter's been going through recently. They, you know, they got rid of all these policies and then they realized, oh, you do need someone to moderate this and this and this. Uh, as, as ridiculous as it is, you know, people should be able to moderate themselves. People can't moderate themselves. And so maybe you could say, well, people can just work out whether maps are good enough with the editor mode or not. Maybe it's that way. But I would say that's a, that's a, a, you know, like a Luddite view. I think humanity is always moving forwards. I think we're always inventing new things to do. And some of those things suck. Some of those things get left by the wayside. But some of those things become so integral. At some point, we question how we ever lived before them. Smartphones didn't exist before 2005. Think about that, right? If you wanted a map, you didn't have one on your phone. You could maybe take a picture of one on a terrible old smartphone. Um... Before, like, 1960, there weren't computers. Before 1500, there was not, uh, I think, it, yeah, 1500 roughly, the pr there was no printing press. It cost something like $1,000 to print a book because you had to have a highly skilled uh, penman. Most people couldn't read and write, but even those who could write, you have to get someone who's really good and you have to perfectly take a story and then rewrite the copy every single time. And then rewrite another copy and... That takes so much time and so much money and so much everything else. 
Um, and so when the printing press came around, the guy who had that job, the guy who was so good at writing, was like, this is awful. No one wants to see lazy, you know, like a, you, people want to see the effort that comes of this. And the same thing happens on the internet now. People go, oh yeah, well people like, the, people like Etsy, even though there is giant sellers in China doing the same thing, because there's like a handcrafted nature people will like. And I think that's, uh, that's always the truth of humanity. There are people who move on, and humanity as a whole eventually does. But in the meantime, there's always something in the mean space. And so, uh, at least that's my perception of things. Who knows if it's our reality? All I know is this has been Deep in the Mine, where we went a little bit deep. And, uh, yeah, if, you, uh, <laughs> just, if you're watching this uh, video from the rubble after we've all been blown up in the future, then uh, this is me, uh, IBX Toy Cat. You, you can read down there. Look, it's that's that's me. Um, you, that was that used to be a website that existed. This is a reference to Minecraft, a game that we I liked very much. These are torches. Do you like this, by the way? Like, if we remove the frame, Harrison got me like a nice new. Uh, I, I I like I like it a lot. I think this is I think this is good. I think it's probably meant to be a little bit lower though. I think I meant to go like down there, and then I meant to go like in this. What, what do you reckon? You think that's better? That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> yeah, a little bit down centered. I think is better. Um, but yeah, I hope you all enjoyed this week's podcast, and I look forward to seeing you. Uh, this is it's not quite weekly right now for fun behind the scenes reasons, but um, yeah, I look forward to seeing you in the next one where maybe there's a guest. Who knows? But all I know is I'll see you then. Thank you for tuning in, and uh, make sure to subscribe and I know watch it again. Give me more views, and I'll see. <laughs> yeah, help me help me get them sponsors going, and I'll see you next time. Goodbye. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.